Welcome to the Integration Podcast, your guide to enterprise integration. Welcome to this episode of the Integration Podcast. Uh, this time I have Kishore Imula. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's working at Danish Retail, one of the biggest probably the biggest uh, retail uh, giant in, in, in Denmark. And they have just migrated from the, uh, to the B2B add-on. And I think that was a pretty interesting story. So I'm really looking forward to, to hear, hear the story about what was going on and how this integration was going and learn from this process. So uh, Kishore, could you tell me a little about who you are? Uh, hi, Daniel. Thanks for uh, making such a initiative to share the experience. I really appreciate that. And uh, my name is Kishore and uh, I've been doing integrations since 2008, nine, oh, sorry, 2004. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> so XI3.0 yeah, XI3.0, yes, yes. Started with uh, the biggest retail company as an experience for a beginner. And then uh, I've been doing integrations on and off and uh, doing multiple uh, multiple kind of integrations with uh, on-premise cloud and uh, legacy. I mean, the, the, the list goes on, but uh, yes, we have very many uh, varieties of landscapes integrated so far. Yes, I. so we were just talking before that you had moved uh, locations and I think what, that was one of the, the quite interesting discussions that we we're having that you said, well, we moved and you got closer to the business. Could you tell me a little about this? Yeah, uh, normally the IT and then the business, they, they were definitely talking uh, in a different language, first of all. And then uh, most of the times uh, the business is, is trying to give the solutions for their problems, which sometimes is good, but not always, since since some people with the technical background and also with the business insight can propose uh, a better solutions, uh, and uh, that actually we have seen in in my real world. While 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 we move from uh, my old company location to the new company where we are tightly integrated with the business and uh, and I could see the benefits in, in in having a direct dialogue with the business and then be uh, involved in the requirements before actually they started to propose a solution. Ah, so you had a lot of these business con- or intermediate uh, people in between you and the, the real business that were trying to also interpret what the one, yeah, how, yeah. how it could be implemented in the SAP landscape. Yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, this uh, lost in translation is, is uh, really... <laughs> the, the, the good old uh, children's game uh, yeah. where you're whispering something into to other people's ear and they have to, to translate it all the way through. Yeah. It tends to be some funny stuff. Yeah. All right, cool. Yes, good story. Um, but I guess that the main reason that I have your board is uh, to share a little about this uh, B2B migration that you have done. So you have migrated uh, to the B2B uh, add-on from, from SAP. And yeah. since you 
is a pretty big shop uh, doing a lot of B2B migration. This is obviously interesting because it's one thing to do two B2B mappings, but uh, I have no idea how many you have, but uh, I could imagine that's quite a few. So, but so why did you migrate and what did you migrate away from? Yeah, uh, we are a retail company with a lot of supplier integration uh, for uh, for our uh, goods for resale and not for resale. And uh, we, having, uh, we are having Seaburger uh, as our uh, EDI broker, message broker. And, uh, and yeah, it's been there from past uh, past seven or eight years ever since we moved to SAP. And uh, recently we have uh, tried to upgrade our PI system, PO system, politically correct one, <laughs> uh, to, to 7.51. And uh, and uh, one of the, the limitations is that Seaburger uh, message tracking cannot uh, support HANA database, but we are running on our TB2. Uh, uh, server and uh, we need an upgrade or either we need to go to uh, Oracle or something like this. And uh, since we have anyhow plans to close the Seaburger, since uh, this offering from SAP, the B2B add-on is uh, quite uh, promising. So we chosen a path to sunset Seaburger and uh, move to B2B. So, so yeah, you had the, the normal Seaburger B two B converter. Yeah. Okay. So how many interfaces did you have? Ten to fifteen, something like this. But uh, you know, if you if you are asking the n- number of mappings, what I'm doing doing, if if you broadly classify, let's say orders, then in the order we have variety of flavors: D ninety three A, D ninety six A. Something like that, and then then since we are a retail company and we are dealing with the different flavors of vendors, so we have also a, a multitude of uh, mappings for these vendor specifics, and uh, and yeah, close to ten fifteen interfaces we migrated. And then I guess the number of partners that is where you are have a yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot. Yeah, and and we have close to two thousand partners. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, forgot to mention about the mappings. Yeah, within the orders, like there are different flavors, and if you add up like that, probably we would be doing close to sixty to seventy mappings. Okay, so that is partner-specific mappings you have you had. Partner specific mappings, yes, and then different versions of the edifact message. Mm-hmm. But but the main focus in is not on the order or response and, and invoice. Yeah, and then controls. Ah, yeah, obviously, yes, and then also ASNs. <laughs> oh, shipment notifications. Yeah. Ah, yeah, and that was like sixty mappings in total. Yeah. Um, the, how long time did this process take for, from from you started uh, on the project to all mappings were done? Yeah, actually, we started uh, close to last uh, Easter. Okay. And then the project went through all the summer, 
Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, the challenges uh, since this is a, a technical migration and uh, in business terms, we are not adding any new functionality here, but uh, replacing one software product with another one. So the, with that reason, we got uh, to prioritize within our IT when and how we will do the development and how will we do the testing. The mm-hmm. development, I think it took close to three to four months and then uh, close to two months of testing. So all in all, it's uh, it's uh, six, six months. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's uh, the, the interesting thing. Yeah, you're not adding any new functionality. Business not getting anything more except, yeah, uh, hopefully more stable platform at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess one of the things that that you got was the trading partner management. You didn't have that functionality in Seaburger, if uh, I'm correct. Yeah. yeah, that that is true. I'm um, the of course there are. Some agreements uh, like what you configure in the Seaburger splitter. But, uh, as such, a complete list of uh, vendor information and complete list of vendors and who we are doing with business, who we are actually trading with, or who is actually inactive. That kind of information is uh, not there. And that is actually a challenge for them because uh, we keep on adding the business partners, but we never. Uh, deactivate some of them ah. in worker splitter yep. and that is really a, a, a nice feature in this uh, trading partner management where you have a centralized place to look for all the partners who you are dealing with and then you can see what kind of documents you are exchanging and whether it is active inactive and very nice information for for the integration people and also for the people who are collaborating with suppliers. So they have one place to see who they're dealing with. Yeah. So so you have created all the, the 2,000 different partners as parties in, in the PI system? Uh, yes, all the... Uh, because uh, when you create an entry in the TPM, and that is automatically replicated to the integration directory as a partner. And then it will associate all the documents which are dealing with, and then the details, for example, the the identifiers and uh, contact numbers and that kind of information with the with the, the party. And then how have you then done configurations for all of these? parties so have you set up uh, for for all the incoming messages that they're coming from that specific party i just said hey we we just have a these generic inbound float orders 96 orders 93 uh, as the the way messages is routed yeah uh, we have uh, two types of communication here uh, one is uh, this vans which is value added networks mm-hmm. and then uh, the direct vendors and and then the the group of vendors who are actually exchanging the documents via vans they were having a single communication towards vans both uh, to and fro but whoever is actually directly interacting with us without any middleman in between 
we are going and uh, fetching the uh, documents and also giving the documents to them at their own endpoint location. And those things were uh, configured per vendor basis. But I guess that's not as many vendors you have direct contact with. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, the ones we are trading with, uh, with, uh, with, and then going through via vans are huge numbers, and then these direct vendors are hardly ten percent of the total lot. What I'm talking. So, one I was just thinking. Well, vans. So are there any, are you seeing that the Vance provider is, is changing? Uh, no, that's not something that we have not thought about. But, but I was just thinking, is that <coughs> something that is being changed? Or do you see that you'll be using Vance for the foreseeable future? We will uh, continue uh, and it has not been changed. That is the way it was from the past also. Even after, uh, even before using PA as a middleware in this company, and uh, we will try to use that in the future also. I haven't heard from my enterprise architect that there is a scope for that, and we, we actually don't foresee a, a a need to actually discontinue. And actually, it is. It's good for us to do a via van so that we can do this handling via for a name handle and many other stuff like this. And it's easy to set up and you don't have exactly. Ex- exactly. Uh, A2 yeah. you need to manage and stuff like yeah. that. One very important thing, especially for the C2B, when using the vans, because you know individual vendors can have their own uh, homemade ITS systems and uh, softwares uh, because they can't... Uh, afford a big uh, IT person to grow tools with their programming. And there we see a lot of uh, uh, validation errors in the EDI file. And those things can be avoided with the, with the VANs. And that's really one uh, pain point with the, the B2B which we are facing right now. So the, your VAN provider would reject messages that is not valid ED facts? He, he expects... Uh, them to have certain format and then stick to that format and and then that is where we see uh, the advantage okay that you can pull some of the the validation on them instead of yeah having to deal with them so they would just get the uh, delivery notification error saying hey this message could not be delivered yeah then one one thing I've heard is uh, the trading partner management did not perform really well, uh, and I can see when when we have done some some calls on the web service there was some some challenges if you had a lot of partners uh, on it. Uh, is that something that you experience that it's slow? Uh, TPM the trading uh, partner management. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the initial load part, if, if you if you take uh, the, the initial creation and then the runtime, then the initial creation is is uh, definitely slow. And we have seen some issues with the trading partner management where, uh, you know, basically uh, we have used this TPM API to actually create the integration directory entries because uh, if we have to create the TPM for all these 2000 plus partners, 
it would be a huge task and uh, and we need to have some smart way to key in this information and that's where we got a recommendation from sap to use the api and uh, when when we are able to load them uh, the uh, the performance was a bit slow because uh, it has to be a single uh, partner which needs to be created and uh, and there we have to wait for a long time uh, in loading that and actually some of the partners even though they were active uh, saved and activated was not reflecting in the cache so when the documents are coming from the vendor and then uh, the vendor it, but the, the agreement is not reflected so it's saying uh, it's an unknown document or unknown vendor and then it's rejecting uh, saying that this is an unsolicited uh, document so that is something we have seen issues with the trading partner management and uh, in the runtime when we actually started to move this uh, vans into the uh, the the b2b there we have seen issues but but it's mainly because the tpm is not performing slow but uh, you know the tpm access the heap where uh, all the tpm entries were cached not just cpm but all the directory and things were cached there uh, we have a very short size number of short number of lines within the cache so it has to swap every time a new partner is coming and especially when you are dealing with vans and then huge documents are coming at once then the swap is so fast so the hit rate become uh, very less in the cache and that is where we have seen tpm very slow and then we have got a recommendation from sap to increase the number of lines in the cpa cache into the heap and then the performance has drastically improved and now it is running a bit fast actually okay. so are you in the tpm are you using these what is called profiles functional profiles yeah our, our to some extent uh, yes uh, where basically we have some vendor specific uh, mappings all the functionality was programmed in our backend erp system but uh, to to have a specific uh, let's say cvr and kind of uh, conversion where in in denmark you will find this gln cvr association some vendors are sending us cvr only and uh, we need to convert that into a valid gln which is within the company and that kind of thing we are making use of uh, of the the functional profile but uh, the 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 examples what sap tries to say in their uh, documentation like vats and that kind of stuff we have uh, not used that in the tpm because that's already uh, implemented on the backend erp side one of the other things we, we talked about is is uh, message tracking and you're trying to move away from from cburger and that was the reason why you wanted to to get a cburger up of what are you using for uh, for message tracking or how do you envision that 
Yeah, the the biggest challenge for us when we started this project is uh, how we uh, archive the documents. Uh, yeah, because, because of the, the have, at least for, for the invoices, you have the legal yeah, requirements to have it in five, yeah. seven years, something like that. Yes, since we are a retail company and we deal with multiple countries and continents, they have different legal requirements. And uh, and uh, since SAP PI, uh, yeah, you cannot store them for more message. And uh, also, if you ask SAP to to use the SAP archive as as a business archive, it's not a good decision. Since uh, archiving job is very slow, and uh, and if you want to retrieve the documents, that's also a big challenge, and and we don't want to take that risk. So we haven't considered SAP PI as an archiving platform. But since uh, uh, this functionality is missing in the B2B, and we are so used to Seaburger message tracking, which is really fast and efficient and it does exactly what uh, our supplier collaboration team needs to, to do on their daily operations. So, so the problem of uh, not having this in the SAP uh, really made us think in multiple direction and then explore uh, new technologies where uh, we came across this uh, NoSQL database to store the documents, and uh, that is something we were uh, we were we are actually investigating right now for the project. We continued using Seaburger message tracking as an interim uh, message store for the legal requirement, but uh, we have plans to to sunset that very soon and then go for this NoSQL database where we reside the documents it's a kind of corporate archive for us where document can reside and then the metadata is also there along with the original edifact file for example and then the, the operation team needs to look for anything then they can uh, search with this metadata and then retrieve the file from so the uh, metadata would be invoice, order number, and stuff yeah. like that. Actually, uh, all the things what you can see in the message tracking for Seaburger interchange control number and and uh, like this ENB, UNH, and document IDs, for example, order, invoice ID, and uh, posting date, something like this, and who is the sender and GL, uh, sender and uh, so all this information is stored as a metadata along with the original file, what has been received from the vendor or what has been sent to the vendor. Mm. And you're just storing, oh, you just put some adapter module or in. Yeah, yeah. And then use it on and have a, a separate job that, that then picks up these files and send them to whatever needs to be processed. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it would not impact the, the processing a long time. Yeah. Of course, uh, putting that message into the archive and preparing the metadata is within the message processing time, but uh, but that should not give any impact in the in the 
performance, so to say. What did you learn in this process of, of doing the migration? Are there anything you you wished you have known before you started on this process? One thing definitely is, since, as I mentioned, this is a technical debit and uh, we are not giving uh, any value or more value to the business than the expected. Uh, so that's where we have to focus uh, to involve the business very less as as much as possible. So we have done uh, a developer unit testing and also a kind of scenario testing, what we call it as black box testing. And uh, that is something is very uh, beneficial in these kind of projects uh, because normally business comes back with with uh, the budget constraints and uh, there the developers are actually making this uh, testing. They will run the file through CBurker and B2B and then they should see the same output no matter uh, what... Uh, what uh, mapping it is, for example. So that is something what we have uh, done. And uh, and this performance about the TPM would have been uh, nice to know in the beginning. But I guess you could uh, not scale the, the development system up to really no, find this. No, actually, and we were not able to create those many partners also in the in the TPM. And and another important thing is transporting the TPM entries from uh, from one landscape to other landscape. That was also a really a, a good information if we have known this bit earlier. Uh, because uh, there were some challenges in transporting so many things from uh, non-production to production. There were some OSS nodes. So we decided uh, that this will be in the production directly. So you just That's ran right. the same script and created all the same partners the same yeah. way? Yeah, yeah. So you are not really using the, the TPM transports? No, we're not using the TPM transport. And to this day, you are are you doing it now or? Yeah, yeah, that is how we are doing. And uh, B2B is uh, not fully uh, stable. I mean, uh, yeah, stable like Seaburger because uh, one very simple carriage feed, if it is uh, extra or missing, then it could uh, stop the complete file from uh, being processed. But eBurger, it, it is uh, ignoring all the things and then just going if the ED fact format is correct. So that is something we were, uh, we, uh, when we actually moved the vans, then that was the uh, biggest challenge. So how did you go live with this? Was this just one big bang or did you do one partner at the time? No, we, we didn't dare to go like one big bang. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, we, we have an experience in migrating this uh, this uh, uh, from our old uh, PI 7.0 system to AEX, where we did it uh, one-to-one migration for Seaburger. And uh, we had followed uh, that uh, we will activate uh, one vendor at a time 
and I mean one specific vendor because um, as I mentioned, we have many vendor specifics for multiple documents. So let's say orders D93A, we are sending to one vendor, D96A, one vendor. So we will activate these two vendors to make sure that uh, these flows or these mappings were covered and tested or, or sorry, validated in production. And then uh, once everything is onboarded, like this pilot vendors, then we have some, uh, some uh, mini vans, what we call it as. There's a small uh, group of uh, vendors sending through a, a value-added network. Uh, ten but that's different than your main core. Okay. And then, uh, then we took the big vans. So the GoLive is not one day, but it has uh, continued from one to two months because we have some uh, summer freeze and Christmas freeze, and we are not supposed to activate any new vendors or move any or touch any uh, existing functions. So the goal is a long-running part in, in this case. So we have to, to move very many different vendors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, Kishore, anything we forgot? Uh, so far, I... I learned quite a bit about this process. Are there anything we forgot or you think we should mention for, for people out there that that is looking to do the same thing? We talked about the black box testing, which is really important and which will be paying you back. That's one thing. And so what do you see of a black box testing? Black box testing, basically, you try to run the scenarios with the C-Burger mapping and B2B mapping. And then uh, use the text comparison tools because whether it is B2B or C-Burger doing the, the XML to Edifact conversion, it should produce the same uh, Edifact file on the disk. And if you are able to compare and then fix the issues uh, before you act actually go to the functional people for the scenario testing. Then then you save a lot of uh, time and money because uh, since this is a purely a, a mapping which is to be corrected, then you don't need to involve the business and thereby saving costs. That is something really paid out for us. And uh, yeah, if you are running on DB2, then, then uh, you will be running out of support very soon for the Seaburger. And then if you have plans to go for a higher version for, for example, 7.5, then, then you can't use this because it doesn't support the HANA database. And that's where you will be hunted by your, uh, your license managers or IT or infrastructure managers to, to expedite the migration process. Oh, that the so first thing that the testing. I guess that is also one of the things that that uh, my testing tool would be yeah. able to do. Yeah. Um, to to download these messages either from your productive system, and then you can run them with the new mappings and then validate that they look okay. Yeah. So, uh, what about the the other thing is how did you exchange the schemas? What was the so the B2B and the C-Burger schemas are different? 
Yeah, the schemas uh, basically, uh, you know, it is all list and then uh, the the segments what you have, whatever message, orders, invoice, or anything. But B two B is quite uh, good in the in terms of naming because it will give you the the document name and version number in the, in the, the thing. But actually, that triggers you to you know. Uh, you can't copy the mapping because this will remove all the uh, the mapping since the root node is changed, and that triggers that you do a complete remap of the the B two B XST. So you've started for and and remapped everything. Yes, that is actually the the main reason why it took longer. And then also you can create uh, the XST within the B2B cockpit. And then you could tell, uh, you could suppress or keep an unwanted segment. And uh, it's a bit easier compared to the way Seaburger is <laughs> as, as done that. But, but uh, yeah, that's my personal opinion. Okay, yeah. and I guess the Seaburger is a bit challenging. If you want to have anything done, you need to get yeah. a burger to get your new scheme where so the b2b you got all of them included yes yes and then the 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 e2x and x2e mappings that is also something uh, yeah the one-to-one -one mappings in the yeah. in the C burger yeah uh, yeah and deploy them to the different systems yes. exactly not exactly. really good optimal yeah cool yes uh thanks for sharing uh thanks for yeah being on the show and uh, talk to you at some other point in time. So, uh, yes, it was nice talking to you and then sharing this information so others can take benefit of, of our experience.